Welcome one, welcome all to The Tension. I am your host, Mick White. The Tension is a podcast all about putting two theological subjects into right relationship and finding the truth that God desires for his church. It is our hope that with the show that we will be able to reach the lost, equip the saints, and challenge you to think deeper into the things of God for the glory of God. We are thankful and excited that you have decided to spend some time with us and pray that in some way you will be blessed by the conversation. I am joined with my co-host, as always, my brother, friend, and pastor, Eric Moran. How are you doing today, brother? Doing mighty well, brother. How about yourself? I am doing fine. You could say that uh, we didn't have to wake up grumpy today. So, uh, on this episode of The Tension, we will be getting into the uh, the topics of sinners saved by grace and saint who sins. Uh, these two ideologies are, are closer together than some of the other subjects that we have put in tension previously. For this episode, we will be trying to pull them further apart to hopefully find some truth claims and possible errors in these two ideologies. So, is there anything that you would like to open with to get started with before we get into the questions? No, not not into no. No, you don't. So you're you're not you don't have a side to represent from this from this one. Oh, my 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 side definitely is. I am a saint changed by the blood of Christ who was a sinner. I am to put that to death because that's who I was in myself. And as I put myself to death, I become part of the community of the household of God. I become a citizen of heaven. I become one of the saints. Now, that's not the Catholic understanding of that means I don't do anything wrong. That means that according to the scripture and the words that he has taught us to use means that I am one of his through his finished work, co-heirs. He is the firstborn of many brothers to where I am no longer a sinner, I am no longer left alone. I am no longer defined by this world and what and who I was. I am now defined by who he has made me and encouraged me to fall in love with. Well, um, and amen to that. I would say amen to, to that for sure. I am, for myself personally, I am uh, on the, I don't know. I don't know is probably a, a good one. I and like I said, I, I've I have a or previously have had more of a bent towards sinner saved by grace. I can say that. But as I have studied and learned and things of that nature and you know, in my prayer life and all of that, there is a truth claim that is either true or it's not, because that's the way it works. And God is the one who determines my identity and God has said so therefore Yes, I am a saint. I will not argue with you about that in, in any sense of the word. But I will. I I have to say that I have seen neo saintism, if you will, and the way that it's presented, and it kind of leads off into the weeds a little bit if you are not well versed in your scripture. So I am going to be learning just as much as all of you today. So this is going to be fun. But to be honest, I, I learn that much pretty much every single time anyway, because I'm not as far along as my brother over here. But, you know, hey, we're going, baby. We're making progress. We're getting better all the time. And it's all because God is showing showing me more and more of his revelation. And I'm getting to renew my mind and learn new things and understand and 
hearing the word and then seeing it. So it's it's super cool and it's a blessing. And hopefully we'll be able to challenge everyone today, uh, no matter what side you are on or what whichever way you lean to. So the first question I have is, what is the error of saying sinner saved by grace? Okay, so when Mick talks about being further along, he just means I'm old. Yeah. Um, I was just trying to say it like super nice. Right, right, right. Uh, <laughs> my my big thing is this. It's always going to come down to religion versus relationship. Now, what's the difference? I mean, the difference is religion is man trying to work their way to God by good works. And then Christianity is the good works of God that's reached down and plucked and purchased the one out of. So one is you trying to store up enough to where you feel good enough to then call yourself something. And of course that's going to lead to shame and to doubt. And you're going to have Paul reach into religion out of right relationship. And he's going to say, Hey, don't, don't try and say that it's just because of your sin and the things you do, because I was the chief sinner. But then because of the grace of God, I know who I am as a child of God, as a brother, co-heir of Christ, to where I am now a saint sent on mission with this message of relationship that says that if you'll join into right relationship, you don't get to define who you are. God has claimed who you are, and that's either amen or not. So when we look at the religion versus relationship, it's the same thing as the you know, Pharisees, Sadducees, and your righteousness must you know, surpass this religion mm-hmm. because it's only going to be in right relationship, which is the emptying of yourself, what you think, what you aspire for, the desire of your heart has to change. The things you hung your hat on before have to change. Mm-hmm. Um, so what is the exact question? What is the damage of which one? Uh, what is the error of saying sinner saved by grace? The, the, the error of that is you will convince yourself that you are a sinner saved by grace, and you will always start out with a definition that is not true according to the truth claim of God. Upon salvation, they are always brothers. They are always co-heirs. They are always saints. They are never called sinner again, except in the times when they're on mission speaking to people that are struggling with their sin, and they say, oh, oh, oh. I was a sinner that was saved by grace, but I am a saint that continues to struggle with sin. I mean, so that's where they're closer together than most of the things that we talk about. Right. There's no way that either one of us ought to be able to talk about one without the other in relationship. Right. But My, soon, yeah. I would say that they're, they're, they're with each other. They're not, they're not totally apart from one another. I mean, it's, 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 I don't know, even trying to, I think like we said when we were talking about earlier, when you said that how close they were together, that really what we were going to be doing was pulling them apart, like further away from each other. And hopefully that will help kind of define or clear up some of the, um, how they, they get, I don't know. It's kind of complicated really. Like I'm actually a little bit stumped. I'm not even going to lie. <laughs> With a religious approach. Uh-huh. You are going to take one at the cost of the other. So the both and, the relationship, the tension is, mm-hmm. is, is, is the goal. But most have never had somebody lead them into that, haven't had that experience. 
and really don't have those lenses when they read their scripture. But if you take your works Mm -hmm. and you define yourself as someone that no longer sins, Mm -hmm. you are, number one, not reading your Bible, because of course, Forrest John says, if you say you're without sin, you call God a liar. Mm. So I don't know how you justify that view other than I don't care what the Bible says. And if you don't care what the Bible says, then I really, that's the bigger problem. And I I really don't know where we go from there. If, if you take, I'm a sinner and you try to do religion, right? You're not going to be good enough to change your identity. And no matter how good you do at it, it's only going to do one of two things. If I'm a sinner saved by grace, Mm -hmm. I'm a sinner trying to earn my grace in a religious approach yeah through religious acts okay so as i take my religion i'm either going to be really good at it or really bad at it yes okay now if i'm really good at it i'm going to say i am now a saint (laughs) but you're a sinner saved by grace right i mean you're going to take this position of i'm better because i'm better at this right all right or you're Mm -hmm. really bad at it and you're like oh woe is me i can never do anything i'm just always going to be a sinner i hope i get grace and one is just as prideful as the other, right. but the bottom line is it's still in pride. It's still in I am a sinner. Right. Because God never called you a sinner. Right. So upon salvation, he has said you have a new identity. He says that you are a new creature of creation. He says that you have a new power that's been given to you. He says that you now have a new destiny. Yes, he says that you have a new position and a new purpose. Mm-hmm. All of those are about relationship. Yes. Okay, so now when we look at that and we'll start with Paul in his summary of, oh, I know who I am. And right. everywhere that I've gone so far, I understand the arguments you're going to try to get away from when I present this. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so when you get to Romans 8 and he mm-hmm. says, look, I mean— those who walk according to the flesh are of the flesh, and those who walk according to the Spirit are of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. But once I'm of the Holy Spirit, those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Holy Spirit set their minds on the things of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. To set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Holy Spirit is life and peace. Mm-hmm. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, and it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So I cannot be a saint in the flesh. Hmm. I have to be a saint in the spirit. Right, so you have to be different. My new nature, my true image of God is God is spirit. Okay, so let me ask this. Is there... Is there... Is it just totally not possible for someone who is in a relation, in a relation, well, I guess I couldn't say it that way. Say there is someone who is studying, praying, reading, all those things, trying to fulfill, you know, do do what God has commanded us to do, and still, in a sense, acknowledges the the sin within them and all that stuff. Can you say, can that, are you saying that that person is not a saint because they acknowledge that they sin? 
what I would say is the scripture teaches us. So when you're reading, if you're reading to get the sin out of you, that's not in the Bible. You can't do that. Right. If you're reading it to get closer to God, like you search the scriptures for me because you think there's eternal life in them, but you won't listen to the relationship that I've come to give you because you're not willing to be reborn in the spirit. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that's which is born of spirit is spirit. Don't be surprised that I say to be reborn is to be born of the spirit that you don't know where he comes from, where he goes. The children of God will be like that. In other words, when I'm reading, it's going to tell me sin no longer reigns in your body in, in Romans 6. That's like no longer your master, I think, is the way it, it, it no longer rules. Like no longer a slave or something. That But it'll always be there. Right. So who identifies you? Who reigns? Who is the authority? Well, God's the authority. All right, so where do we come from? Where are we going? Why are we here and who's in charge? Right. All right. Those are good questions. All right. And to start out with, we didn't have answers. Right. You're right. And we would study to try and figure out the answers. Mm -hmm. And then we may even say, oh, I agree with the Bible. But, <laughs> but that's not salvation. <laughs> right. Right. And, and, and when you say, God, I submit, God, God, it is spiritual life. And my spiritual life shows that my flesh is dead already. Mm -hmm. And that sin resides in my body, but no longer reigns. Right. Am I, I always going to have my members waging war against my spirit because there's sin in my flesh? Yeah. But I'm not my flesh, and I right. will not define myself as my flesh. So I am no longer a sinner in my flesh. I am a saint in my spirit. Mm-hmm. Now, you can't separate them until the separation happens, and that's why right. death is grace, is because yeah, yeah. then, then the, 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 final of, the final war of what you're asking, the final persecution or accusation, if we want to, we right. want to use the accuser, right, right. and deception is, yeah, you're still a sinner. That's a lie. That's a deception because the truth claim is you're not. Well, you still feel it. Well, I feel it in my flesh and inside the gates of my flesh. Right. And it wages war against my spirit because my spirit says, no, 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 you are a child of God. You are mm -hmm. a saint. Right. But then I feel like a sinner because I fail. And then you have the renewing of your mind that says, well, that's why the spirit is there to say, aren't you glad that's not where you're at? Aren't you glad where there's not where you have to stay? Aren't you glad that others don't have this conversation? Aren't you glad that you have this sandpaper that is molding you don't aren't you glad that as a saint more and more you're growing in the assurance because less and less you're defining yourself by that old definition which is accusation and a lie right so you're basically saying that the spirit the spirit says to you yes in the flesh you're still going to feel it but it's not the authority of your life anymore it doesn't have the power that it used to have in your life is that what you're saying so back here it says this but where's back here? I'm I'm, I'm trying. I'm flipping back. So Romans six twelve. Okay. Let not sin therefore reign mm -hmm. in your mortal bodies. Right. To make it obey its passions. Right. All right. So your mortal flesh has desires. Yeah. And it no longer is alone. Right. Because now it's ruled by the spirit. Mm -hmm. Okay. But my same stinking thinking when I first get saved is going to have to do some business with this. Right. To where I don't conform to the patterns that I used to. Right, right, right. And my spiritual worship, my relationship with the Holy Spirit through mm -hmm. the finished work of the Father and the Son, right. I therefore no longer <clears throat> pursue the things I used to because 
do you present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but now present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life, and your members to God as instruments for right relationship, righteousness? Right. For sin will have no dominion over you mm-hmm. since you are not under the law, but now you're under grace. So I am no longer a sinner underneath the law. I am now a saint underneath grace. Right. What then are we to keep sinning? <clears throat> well, by, because I'm not underneath the law and I'm underneath grace. He's like, well, no, well, of no. course not. Yeah. But do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as an obedient slave, you are a slave to the one you obey. So you're going to either obey your father, Yahweh, or your father, the devil. Your father, the devil, has the federal headship over your flesh. If you're going to look at it in your fleshly performance, then you're a sinner. And I sure do love that I have this grace that promises me something that I hope to get to one day, but I I hope it happens sometime. Right. All right. Versus, no, you are a saint because of the finished work. And if you would call yourself a saint, you would start to live like a saint. You would start to think like a saint. You would like to... If you walks like a duck and it talks like a duck, it's probably a duck. If I start to call myself a saint, I start to pursue like a saint. When I am reading my scripture, I'm reading it like a saint. I'm not reading it like a sinner. I'm reading it out of the fullness of what Christ has already accomplished when he said it's finished. Instead of reading it saying, well, I hope to be like Christ when I finish. And, and it, there's, there's a switch there that when it gets into that, it, it, it talks about which one you're obedient to and the fact that you're going to be a slave you're going to worship and serve someone. Right. Now you're going to worship and serve Yahweh through your spirit <laughs> or, and a gift, or you're going to worship the devil mm-hmm. through your pride and your possessions and your pursuit. Right. Um, not, not, not that you're going to have, not have a pursuit out of love, but you're not pursuing to get something you're pursuing because of something that you've already gotten. Okay. Um, and, and, and I mean, it drops on down into, you know, this is Romans 6, 20. Mm-hmm. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in the regard of righteousness. So when I was a sinner, I wasn't worried about whether I was a saint. Right. But now that I'm a saint, I shouldn't be worried about me being a sinner. I mean, but what fruit were you getting from that when these things of which you're, uh, from what, <laughs> but what fruit were you getting at that time from the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. Mm-hmm. But now that you have been freed from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to the sanctification and its end is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death. death yeah. So if I'm a sinner, I'm saying I'm dead. Right. I hope to come alive right. by grace. But if I say, oh, I'm alive by the grace and works of Christ, mm-hmm. I'm already part of that eternal kingdom i've already entered into that citizenship not because i've earned it but because he earned it and gave it to me as a free gift right and as a free gift that does not mean the gift is free because i've been bought at a price it means that the giver is a free giver Mm -hmm. the price and the cost of the gift is eternally bigger than i can fathom right but the more that i study i study about the gift that i've received because i'm a saint Mm mm-hmm if I'm studying because I'm a sinner, I'm trying to achieve this gift one day mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm, I'm empty and I'm, 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 I'm condemning myself and I'm saying, Hey, I still fall short. And I'm saying, Oh, this, th- if I read this right, it says that, I mean, I'm not worthy. And it's like, well, that's now when I read it as a saint, it says, because you weren't worthy, I've done everything that I've done. That's why you are, you're who you are. Right. And, and there's a fullness and a, an assurance mm-hmm. versus the unassurance and the working religion mm-hmm. of trying to get better. And I mean, you can hear that quickly in somebody's message. 
you're, you're going to hear, here's what you need to do to work your way. Here's these six steps. Or you're going to hear, if you would fall in love with the love of God, the love of God would change you. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life inside of Christ Jesus our Lord. So that's a done, that's a done thing. Right. Um, and I know as you, as you kind of just flip through some of your questions when we sat down, we'll, we'll talk about that time issue because it's not a, he, he did it in the past, but it's eternally present because it's eternally true for the future of eternity. You you can't separate the things of God that way. Well, but. it's a it because because it's God and He's making a truth claim. It means that it that it goes forever because He's eternal. Therefore, a promise is eternal if God says it. And that's because your mind is on the Spirit, and the Spirit is saying you're keeping your eyes on things of the Spirit, which is going to lead to love and peace. Right. But if it's not about the Spirit, and it is about what do I do right now? Because I hope when I get there, well, you're. You're you're defining yourself as a sinner, and then you're plucking that out as a sinner, saying, "And I need my sainthood. I need my salvation." Well, yeah, and, and but I don't have it. <laughs> well, so I, you're you're maybe you, I missed you, what you said. Uh, it, <laughs> I just missed the one part. I just missed like say the say the one thing you just said a second ago. If if I'm a saint, I work from the finished work. If I'm a sinner, okay. I'm always pulling what I read out as I need my sainthood. I need that salvation. I still need. So one is a lens of fullness and how the abundance of the relationship, right? My heart and my mouth and my mind work. Right. Okay. So what, what you're saying there is that because now you are a saint, you get to participate in the fullness of the, the completed work by Christ and by God versus saying you are a sinner, you are only going to be doing things to get something that you're never going to get anyway. A sinner has to work out a religion because he's not a saint or else he would be in relationship. Right. So yeah, I mean, we're it, saying the same okay. thing. And, and no just, matter what, we're, just making sure. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter how you try to field this conversation. There's going to be a lot of that. It's kind of circular in a sense. But it's but it's not. It's not, but it is. I yes. mean it's I very mean, it's nuanced just... and it's like that's what I was saying. It's kind of a it's a, it's almost like a weird one. It's almost like the Calvinism Arminianism thing because it's sort of like, wait, which side are you on before we start talking? So let me ask you this. Do you know what okay. ontology is? No. Alright, it's the study of being. Okay. I know man, you told me that before. All right, but He's already got me. I'm only like what, twenty minutes in? Being is who you are. Mm-hmm. Not what you do. Right, right, right. All right. So the scripture is talking about your being. Okay. Now I'm a human being. Correct. We're all human beings. Mm-hmm. All right. So my human side is my bio. It's my flesh. And your it's, psyche. It, my psyche is my understanding of the two. Oh, okay. So, so I am a mammal. I have a vertebrae. I have hair on my arms. All right. Mm-hmm. That making me a mammal by the definition of biological textbooks. Right. All right. Now I am a human. Mm-hmm. But my being is spiritual, so okay. I'm a human. This flesh is all those things, right? But there's a me inside of this shell. If you're calling this me on the outside, yeah, what would be the spirit? All right, that is my spirit, little s spirit. Mm-hmm. All right, so I was born flesh and spirit, correct? And I'm reborn when the Holy Spirit becomes my being, not my being separated from the Holy Spirit where it's in this shell, right? Because that would be the idea. The identity that God sees. If I'm not eternally alive and this shell is wasting away... Then you're eternally dead. 
then I've always been dead. And the only thing I have to look forward to is the finished work of this separation. Correct. I am a saint when I realize this body doesn't define me. Well, yeah, I mean, well, yeah, because that's the, because that's, that's kind of what, what, what Paul is getting at where he says that you're no longer a slave to sin. Now, just because the spirit and the flesh are incorporated with one another, there will be a separation between them. And at the end of the separation is where that's where we're separated between believers and non-believers, right? And right now, your psyche life, your mind is your understanding of that relationship. So before you had the Holy Spirit, the only understanding you had was self and right. that relationship of flesh and spirit, little less spirit. Right. All right. But then when the Holy Spirit renews your mind mm -hmm. and makes you spiritually reborn alive, right. then your mind now understands your relations, your right relationship inside of God's household, citizenship, kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. To where now I'm a saint. Right. I can only be a sinner if I'm not a saint and I'm left in this world all by myself in my body. That's a sinner. Because well, I'm defined by my human being, well, not my spiritual being. Well, sin is by definition lawlessness, which is separation, right? Separation from the law. Right. The law of Christ. Right. Not the law of man. No, no, no. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Okay. So Christ doesn't mean Jesus. Right. The law of being a mediator. Mm -hmm. What What is our new identity? Our new identity? So in other the words... Sons of God? I mean... Okay, so... That's what I would say. It's clearly written that your new identity is you are a chosen race a mm -hmm. royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of my own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Mm -hmm. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. All right, so okay. reading it backwards, you have received, past tense, mm -hmm presently just as beautiful mm -hmm. and eternally secure because it's inside of eternity. Mm -hmm. All right. You used to be a sinner. Mm -hmm. Once you receive grace, mm -hmm. you are now one that will proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of that darkness and marvelous light, because I'm not that darkness. I'm not a sinner. I'm not mm -hmm. alone. I'm not separated. Once I was not a people because I was a person dead, spiritually separated all alone as a sinner. Mm -hmm. But now you are God's people, the saints. That's what it means. Now that I'm part of the saints. The collective. The collective. And we get back to the Western mindset and the way the original audience would have well, heard it. This is what anyway. I hear, that's what I hear when you keep saying it. And, and, and ultimately, the royal priesthood, the royal has to do with who you represent. Well, it's under what headship you're in. All right. So you the, fall under. the royalty of Yahweh, God, creator of all things. Right. All right. Priesthood means the law of Christ. You're a mediator. Right. You proclaim the same truth that God revealed through his son. You are the mediator between heaven and earth. Right. That's why you're the temple. Right. Because you're a priest. Yes. And it happens to be his temple, which is royal. Right. Because of him in right relationship. Right. 
before you were a temple to a false god, dead, spiritually separated, no royalty other than false royalty because it was all a lie and a deception. So you were a sinner. Right. The best you had was the best you could do. Right. Now, I don't forget that I'm a sinner without him. Right. And I, I have called Michael on the way home after working at the water treatment plant. And, you know, people have heard me say this probably, I don't know about on here, but if you're around me very long, you're going to probably hear this again. But I mean, I had this great night of study and, and I'm driving home and I didn't have Mick in my life at the time. So, you know, I called Michael because, you know, Michael was my, my Paul. He was, he was the one that was a little bit older in the relationship with God. And I'm calling him like, so if the plan is God to remove all of my struggle, why doesn't he just do it? I mean, right. And as soon as I said the answer, if you can believe this, I didn't even wait for the answer. And I was like, oh, because if I did that, I would be like so much like Jesus to where nobody could understand me. Mm -hmm. So you don't forget where you came from because of the mission and the new purpose, because the purpose is now to invite those that define themselves by the law, uh, by the law, by the lie of being a sinner mm -hmm. and saying, no, 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 you were never created to be alone. You were never created to be a sinner. You were created to be a saint. You were created to be a child of God. He loves all and wishes none would perish. Now, we do know that 66% of, well, we know that wide is the road yeah. and the majority are, yeah. and it breaks his heart. So as a child of God, yeah. representing the heart of my father and God, mm -hmm. I cry out to those to stop calling themselves sinners. Mm -hmm. As long as you call yourself a sinner, you are not taking a hold of the grace to know you're a saint. Mm -hmm. And that, that's, that's the mission. I mean, that's the, that's the purpose because even in, in this is first Peter two, nine that I just, you know, intend when I was just talking about our identity. Right. But the verse before it says, and they stumble, they disobey the word as they were destined to do. Hmm. So if I'm destined to something different, then I'm destined to not stumble over the truth of Christ. I'm not destined to disobey the word. I'm to fall in love with it. It doesn't mean I'm going to keep it and it doesn't mean I'm going to do it perfectly. Right. But it doesn't mean I'm not going to disobey it. I'm not going to look at it and say, I don't care what the Bible says. <laughs> right. But the person that says they never sin has to say that because I'm going to go to First John and I'm going to say the word of God says, if you say you don't sin and you call God a liar. Now, say you don't sin again. <laughs> so if he says, I don't, I don't sin. Well, then you disobey the word of God. You're going to stumble on the truth of who he is because you were destined to. Hmm. And I don't get to. I don't get to tell you destinies. I'm just telling you by your choices. Well, and you're you're doing exactly what it's the Dallas Willard things. The only reason I'm going to say it again, you were giving your message this morning and you presented it a certain way. And I was like, there's proclaim. And then you said something else by, by doing it as you're going, you fall in love and you're doing. And I said, there's manifesting. And then as other people come alongside you, you walk with them and you, and you kind of, you talk with them. And I was like, and that's teaching. And that's our. And, <laughs> I was like, I was like, that, that's so cool. In the kingdom of God, that's your destiny, right? So to line up with it, right? Is to say, no, no, brother, I'm a saint. I was created to proclaim the word of God. I am to manifest it in the life that I live, to walk humbly with my Lord. Mm -hmm. And the only reason that I get to do this is because He changed my heart, right? And that's who I am. It, that, that gets back to the being. My being is not in my humanness. My being is in the new creation. The identity of the spirit in you. So God created every, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Correct. People will say when you, and I, I'm going to butcher it. So 
<laughs> people will write this way more beautiful than I'm going to be able to say it. But they will say the greater miracle mm-hmm. is the new creation than oh. the original creation. Because the original creation was created good. Yes. The new creation was created out of that which was evil. That's interesting. So he took something that was broken and made it whole. good. Yeah. So I am a walking miracle, a saint, because he took something that was evil mm-hmm. and turned it into good. I will not call myself evil again. I am good because of him and only because of him. Right. Do I still struggle with the things that would define me the way that I used to be? Yes. Yes, but they don't define me because I am defined by him, not by me. I'm defined right. by his works, not mine. I'm defined by the spirit, not the flesh. But that's the renewal of the mind, right? And and that gets into relationship. And I'm not saying that just because I'm a lot of this is I've just done it longer and I've had to I've had more time to read and I've had more time to struggle with what do I really believe? Yeah. Um the end of that truth project. I know I I repeat that a lot, but he ends that first lecture with this question. He's like, do you really believe what you believe is really real? Mm -hmm. And I mean, if you've never really sat underneath that question, I I challenge you to right now, because what he says is, I mean, if you really believe what you say you believe Mm -hmm. is really real, Mm -hmm. you wouldn't have any problem praying. Yeah, that's true. But all of us do. Right. So it's not saying, oh, well, then I must not be. No. It's saying you haven't sat long enough asking yourself, do you really believe what you really believe is really real? Because you wouldn't have a problem staying in prayer. You'd have a problem getting up and leaving because the God of all creation hears you and loves you and has paid for you to have access to when we get to Ephesians. It's like now you have bold access to be able to be in the Father's presence because you've been seated in the heavenlies. Your life is now not here. Right. Your kingdom is not this kingdom. If it would, it was, we would stand up and fight, but there's no right. reason for me to fight. I'm like a lamb being led to slaughter because I get to go home when you slaughter me. Right. Death is not like this punishment. I'm not afraid of it. So the backside of that is if you work out to steward your life for a longer time, you're doing it to be on mission longer, not because you want to stay here longer. Mm. But if I'm working out because I want to look better than other people and I want to have more health for longer, those are all self Right. centered. And I'm not saying I'll ever get away from an element of, I mean, I want to, I, I don't want to be in pain. I do want a healthy body. Oh yeah. But I can, I can want those things in right relationship with God. Right. They're not either or is what I'm saying, okay. but they definitely can be either or if you don't, you've never had a relationship. I mean, that's all you've ever well, that's had. That's all you got. Right. And, and that's, and that's the important question of, are you saved? Have you really entered into this spiritual renewal? Have you really had the heart of stone removed? And that's where you have to start. But isn't that isn't that reality though? Isn't that a process though? Mm-mm. It is absolutely not a process. You don't think so? I, I know. I mean, the Word of God says, "I'm the one that changes your heart. I'm the one that cleans you from your uncleannesses." I'm not, I'm ta- the I'm not that talking that about that. I'm talking about the the in the stinking thinking pattern. Of course, that's a process. But the the, the that's what that's what I'm talking about. People, I'm talking about inside of your own mind. Like inside of, because I'll tell you, like <clears throat> being saved, being a new creation, and and all of those things, you still it's still a process in the first parts of of understanding your identity. There's no way. Well, I can't say there's no way. <laughs> there's 
there's an illustration that I would use to answer this. And we've already started out in, in another message that their cosmology, the way that they saw creation was like a table. Mm-hmm. All right. And the four pillars that went down underneath the table is the underworld. And that's right. where the bad gods were. And that's where Sheol is in the waiting place because they put you in the ground. And that was where you are until the, all things are consummated. Okay. But then the waters and the waters means that there's a table with a dome on it. Mm-hmm. And the first and the second heavens are in that dome. And there's a battle going on. Well, because of the holiness of God and the fact that sin separation has fractured that, the third heavens becomes the footstool, according to Isaiah 66, 1, and it ends up sitting on top of this dome. But now if we understand heaven and earth and it being a temple story, it would really be the first heavens is the first dome. Okay. So if you had this table mm-hmm. and it has a dome. Mm-hmm. And then we flipped this table and sat it on top of each other. Okay. So now there's four pillars going up. Mm-hmm. There's a dome on top of a dome mm-hmm. and a meeting place at the t- the crown of both. Right. Tracking with that, hopefully, yeah, yeah. In, at home. I understand. All right. Now, at that point in time, the waters were separated from the waters, and he called dry land unto himself, which is Mount Zion. And a mountain came from the first table to the tip of the bottom dome. Okay. And that is the land, Mount Zion, surrounded by four rivers, which becomes a pyramid on the top. Mm -hmm. And the pyramid is the temple because of the pure residence of God Mm -hmm. with no separation. Okay. The four rivers are the water that separate the top. And then we were given as ambassadors the ability in his image to go subdue everything else because the only thing that is the temple is the place where his presence is. Okay. So as his ambassadors, image bearers, we were going to go then go spread that ability, invitation, right relationship with the rest of the mountain. Okay. The upside down second heavens Mm -hmm. is where God came down to us. So you got a mountain coming from the third heavens, which would be the top. Okay. Third heavens would be the pillars on the top. Right. That's the divine council. That's the highest of highs. Right. The underworld is the lowest of lows. Right. The second heavens and first heavens are the two half domes. Right, right, right. All right, you have a mountain coming up to God, and now you have a mountain going down to God to where you have basically a time glass. Okay. All right, one is being swirled down into the first heavens, and the other one's being being lifted from the first heavens into the second heavens, but the meeting place is where they touch. Right. All right. The meeting place where they touched was the Garden of Eden. I mean, once again, they were in right relationship, first, second heavens with no separation. Right. We're kicked out of that relationship to where there's a flaming sword and a uh, cherubim cherubim that are placed there. All right. Well, the cherubim are what? Our warrior and our messenger, Gabriel and Michael. Right. Flaming sword is the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. Right. All right. So the story of God written by the perfecter and author of the Holy Spirit about the Father and the Son, mm-hmm. mediated and protected through the angelic second heaven host. Okay. All right? For us to be brought back into right relationship at the consummation of all things. Okay. Okay, when we're tracking with all that, I got to remember where I'm even going with this, <laughs> is what was the last <laughs> thing you said? Because, I mean, when <laughs> when we're looking at, what we've been invited into, if you're going to keep saying, well, I'm a sinner because I keep doing stuff wrong. Okay, that is the most simple-minded place for you to stay. So if I'm further down the line and I'm learning more of this 
greater story. Mm-hmm. And I put my mind on the things of spirit because the spirit leads me into those things. The things of this world almost fall off of you because it doesn't matter. Hey, did you see that football game on Friday night? Right. No. Yeah, I don't care. I mean, I'll watch the replay or, you know, I watch the clips on, you know, a 35 second commercial and like that's the, fine. I like the condensed version more than the long version. I don't have enough time because I don't care enough. Right. Now, that doesn't matter. That doesn't mean if you care, I'm calling you wrong or I'm saying anything negative. I'm just saying that's not my calling. That's not where I found my life. And I right. used to watch every game, you know, noon game, four o'clock game, eight o'clock game. Yeah. I'm not up past 730 if I get a choice because I get, that's true. I get to get up the next morning and watch God's creation wake up and hear the birds and watch the change of the temperature and spend time with God instead of being programmed by what everyone else does love. Right. When you start looking at this story of the first heavens and the second heavens being brought together, mm-hmm. that's, that's, that was our original destiny. Mm-hmm. That's the eternal destiny. Mm-hmm. So anything other than that is their destiny. It's not, I, I don't, I, and, and I don't get to be the arbiter of that. I don't even, I know that God has said there is a hell. Right, yeah. But I don't spend much time on it other than, I mean, I've read on hell. But well, I'm way more concerned about heaven. Well, yeah. I mean, I think hell hell is a reality. You know, it's a reality. It kind of go, it, it, it goes with the story. It's not like this thing where it's just like, oh, I don't, I don't, don't ever consider it. Where I do think if you're instructed a whole bunch to think about the things of heaven more than you're instructed to think about the things of death and separation then obviously it's probably more important you spend most of your time thinking about heaven and less about hell all right so what if i said in the middle of those two whatever arcs okay you ended up with the two mountains which is like a time glass right third heavens is at the top Mm -hmm. underworld hell is in the bottom Mm -hmm. and you are either being pulled out of the second heavens into the first heavens to hell right being pulled down or you're being brought up. Or you're being pulled up mm-hmm. out of the first heavens, which is as close to hell as I'll ever be because I'm already alive in the second heaven, seated in the third heavens, according to Ephesians, and now sent back to the buffer as I am right. a saint. Right. So my story is a totally new story that I could have never entered into without him totally doing that to begin with. That is done by God, through God, for God, to God, and that is. His work. Yeah. Is there a process of me being pulled out of the first heavens and into the second before I can ever realize yes. about the third? Well, yes. Okay. Is there a process <laughs> on the other side? So the process doesn't matter because you're going through a process one way or the other. Right. Because there's a process that is stealing your spiritual life away from God into hell okay. in this physical first world. And you're either being disintegrated, being uh-huh. pulled away from God, or you're being integrated, being pulled back into what you originally designed for and in right relationship. But the process is being experienced on both sides. The process isn't new. The process is exactly the same. Right. It's who and whose you are, who and whose de- decides or receives your worship and service. 
Right. So when we go to Romans 1, he's saying, okay, I'm writing these to the pagans, in other words, us, Mm -hmm. that weren't, and he's saying, look, you've exchanged, because you wouldn't honor and thank him, you've exchanged the glory of God for the glory of the first heavens. Okay. You know, man, animals, things that fly, and things that creep around. Right. So then he says, and then because of that, so there's a process, and because of that, then you exchange, because there's three of them, then you exchange the truth of God for a lie. Okay. All right. The truth means there's only one way. There's only one door. There's only one God. There's only one third heavens. And there's, there's only one Yahweh that's up there. Right. Now, down here, all you need is a lie. Because yeah. you got one, I got one, he's got one. But as long as we're believing our lie, a lie, it's all a lie. Right. All right. So the third exchange is because you didn't honor and thank him and you stole his glory. You then worshiped and served the creature instead of creator because you changed, you exchanged the truth for a lie right? to where your whole life is nothing but evidence of who you love. Hmm. That's interesting. So when you see me, I want you to see a saint. I want you to hear me tell you that I'm a saint. I want you to hear me say that I'm a child of God. We don't use the word saint because it has been abused throughout church history and dogma. Right. But the, the sainthood means child of God, citizen, you know, citizen of the kingdom, Ephesians 2. I right. mean, it's, it, it is what you have been changed into. So what you're, what you're saying is, is that you manifest where you are currently, like eternally, like where you're going. You manifest what you, where you're, where you're going to end up. Yes, and, and if we've got Because two- it's natural either way. The process, the process, the process is the process. Either way, it's but, the design. Yeah, but where you are going is what you will manifest. Yeah. Who you are is what you will manifest. But yeah, that's what I should have said. Yeah. Who you are is what you will manifest, and yeah. whose you are will dictate where you're headed. I like the way you said it better. Anyway, and so if we still use those domes, and we've got the you know the two mountains, which becomes the hourglass. Mm-hmm. If you start at the bottom and you're being sucked into the top, mm-hmm. you were. Where you didn't, you were, you were confusion. Right. You were mind, body, and spirit, and you didn't know what that meant because you'd never been spiritually alive, and your mind was only able to live in this sphere. At the bottom, you were wide and turning. Mm-hmm. But then when God changed your heart and you became spiritually born, you started to be brought through the process of being brought up, mm-hmm. which means you get closer and closer to being one. Right. Singularly, his child. Mm-hmm. Mind, body, and spirit, one child of God, all equally important and put in right relationship is the door. Right. But once I go through the door, then it's from the singular falling in love with the perfect work of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, all individually different, even though it's only one thing that it's a, you know, it's only one kingdom. Right. But there are three elements that God has shown, revealed to know who He is. Okay. You have to know the authority, but you have to know the unconditional love because you'll never know the authority without the unconditional love. And Jesus would say it this way. You can't have the father without the son. Right. But if you have the son, you have the father. Right. Well, how do you do that? Only by the gift and the power of the Holy Spirit renewing your mind. Right. So now that I know that the Holy Spirit is renewing my mind, I start to pray and work alongside of him to where when I'm reading the Bible, there's no way I can understand it unless I pray to the Holy Spirit and ask him to reveal to me what I am reading and learning about. He's going to show me about all the things that are beautifully Different and similar about the Father and the Son. Right. And it's going to get wider and wider and more and more beautiful and more and more beautiful into the third heavens, which is unfathomably wide and deep and forever 
vertical. Right. Inside of that cosmology. Okay. But the other is the same way. In other words, I was created for this relationship in the second heavens, but now I'm spiritually dead separated and I'm getting further and further away to where. But doesn't that mean you just don't care more though? It's not that you don't care because you care about this world and you care about you. No, but, you still care. No, no. I'm saying that you don't care about the spiritual side of it. You're more into the here and now. You don't know the spiritual. Is, because this is all that matters. You've never known it. Well, I know that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying that because you don't know the spiritual, you don't care because you don't know, because you don't, you don't see its value. You don't under, there is no value in something that you don't care about. Obviously, hence the statement, I don't care. Or the fact that when Isaiah was sent, it says, listen, I'm, I'm going to send you to a people that they hear, but they don't understand. Right. Because they can't. Right. They see, but they don't perceive. Right. So you can stand up and I can draw all the platforms and I can put everything in front of you. But if you, you don't, if you've never been spiritually reborn, yeah, regenerate, it's, it's just gibberish or you're learning how to use it for yourself. Right. Well, I mean, it's the only thing you can do with it. The first meeting in marriage counseling with a couple is to find out if they have regenerate hearts. Right. Because if they're unequally yoked, mm-hmm. We'll say he's an unbeliever and she's a believer, even if he loves her with all of his understanding. Right. It's still going to have to be manipulation for himself because he's not going to be able to do it for God and her because that's not available to him because his heart hasn't been changed. Yes. So no matter how much of the beautiful design I lead them into inside of Scripture and what God has made known and the sacredness of it, it sounds great to him. And he's going to use that as bullets to shoot her because she does believe it and she is doing it for him and at the cost of herself. He's getting the best out of her and he's getting the best vision of what he thinks it is because it's his vision. Right. And when I show him God's vision, he doesn't mind plucking, oh, yeah, I like that about God. Yeah. And well, so it's yeah. kind of like me. Yeah. I think I think I think I should be the, the head of the house. I do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> If you could just love me like Jesus did the Father, I think that's what the Bible is about: is you loving me like Jesus loved God. I think that's what that that's what the Bible means. And you end up crucifying the saint or the sinner, which is why we're here. Yeah, I, I mean that's why Christ came. Say, I mean that's that's that kind exactly, of the mission, though. It is, but you're not to yoke to it intentionally. I'm not supposed to say I'm a sinner. I am not yoked to, to, to being a sinner. I am yoked to being a saint. Right. So am I still here for the sinner? Yeah. Yes. Am I, am I always yearning to be able to attach and relate to the sinner? Well, absolutely. Well, how are you going to do that? Well, be honest. Right. <laughs> you know, so I, it's not like God's going to remove it from me, the it's, struggle or the, 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 the war between the flesh and the spirit. That's why right. it's there. Right, but that's the, the I, I'm so. But that's what connects us to the difference is is that when we acknowledge what Christ has done, therefore He has given us a new identity. Therefore, we are now on the process in the process of being lifted to the third heaven. So then, the other thing, the former things pass away. Or the new thing, so you're becoming you're becoming more alive in the revelation of who you are now versus who you used to be. But the fact is, 
even though you are a saint, you can still remember being a sinner. We still sin. We still miss the mark and fall short. So therefore, we can still minister to those who have not walked in through the door, the bloodstained door, been a part of the invitation because they're blind to it. So we're not so far away from those who are lost that we we're not so heavenly minded that we're no earthly good, basically. And he says to be in the world, but not of the world. Right. So that's what, and that's what I'm trying to understand. Cause at the same time too, like as I study and as I, you know, as I've studied and as I've, I've grown, this is the example I would use. The more that I understand, the more that God reveals to me, the more that I begin to contemplate the things of the biblical teaching and stuff like that. And all the other things that used to be entertaining to me aren't as entertaining because I don't see the value in them anymore because it's not helping me as I am going on my way. Now, when I hear someone who is 24-7 about sports, it's all they want to talk about, they can give you all the numbers, they can give you all the statistics, I kind of challenge them with that now. And I was like, yeah, but what does that matter at the end of the day when you're on your deathbed? Like, is that all your reality is, is sports or whatever hobby it is that people are into? And that's kind of, I don't know, I try to, I, I don't, as I'm going, it's important for me, but also at the same time, too, if I'm to proclaim the same truth and manifest those things, I have to put it in front of the other person who is not aware or cognitive of the spiritual reality that we are in. Okay, and you're trying to challenge that individual to see the spiritual truth of what you're sharing. Yes, well, at least putting it in front of him, because I don't think he's not even he's not even considering it. But the only reason you would be sharing it is for him to see it, fall in love with it, and allow it to change the things yes. that you hear him loving. He because, can have the same hope that I want, that I was longing for. Because of the love that you now share with God through his finished work. Correct. All right, so because you're a saint talking to a sinner, mm-hmm. you can't become a sinner that's a saint, because that means you would just have to start talking about football all the time. Because the, the, the center is, and I'm, when we're just talking about football as an example, it, yeah, it could just, be anything. Just an I, I'm definitely not saying like equating that. What I'm saying is the person that's distracted simply by things yeah, here, stuff <laughs> of the earth, right? I'm in the earth, but right. I'm not of the earth, right? I'm in the spirit and of the spirit to where the spiritual story is mm-hmm. now my story. The things right, of right. that story is what I desire and love. So then when I'm around you and I hear the spirit of this world, I mean, you, you, it could be your wife. It could be the kids playing sports. It could be actual football on TV. It could be your job. It could, I mean, it could be good things. It's not like it's, I'm saying it has to be a bad thing. Right. But all I hear is not the story that I love. Right. And when I share it with him, it's not the story that he loves because it's not the story that he loves. Right. But I'm a saint sharing to a sinner, encouraging the sinner to become a saint. Mm-hmm. But once I'm a saint, I can't define myself by the things of this world. I'm not of the world anymore. I'm not of my sin. I'm not of my failings. I'm not of what I do. Where right. Paul walks in, he says, I don't care what you think about me. I don't care what y'all think about me. And I've even learned, I don't care what I think about myself because there's only one God and he's the one that has made me who I am. And by grace, I am who I am. Mm-hmm. Now that's combining some different scriptures. So yeah. I, I understand. I know that they're not right there together. But ultimately what he's saying is, I'm not even the judge of what I think and do anymore because everything I think and do is either covered because I'm a saint or I'm not one. Right. But I'm definitely either a saint or a sinner. Which one am I? And that has to be something that is settled in the heart of the person because if you have been changed, 
and no one is encouraging you. In mm. other words, out of ignorance, ignorance is not a bad word. Ignorance just means nobody's yeah, challenging you. You just don't, don't know, know, right? Okay, so if if I have been regenerate and I don't have anybody teaching me how to read the scripture, teaching me what it means to actually dwell on this, and all I do is return to what I do know about, mm-hmm. and I get pulled away from it, I am going to have a hole in my identity because I I know more than I know. I, I, I know that I, I'm not created for this, but I'm trying to fill it with something that's unsatisfactory. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a miserable soul. Right. Uh, which gets back to, I mean, count the cost with uh, discipleship. And he says, hey, you should hate the things of this world. It says, if anyone comes to me and doesn't hate his own father and his mother, his wife and his children, his brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple or learner. And everybody's like, oh, well, I mean, that really means not hate. It means set ahead of, no, it means hate. It's exactly what it means. It means hate. So what it means is when Lot was in Sodom and Gomorrah, he hated the things that were going on around him. He hated that he had his family there. He hated that that's where he resided. Mm -hmm. That should be in us as believers. Now, maybe you don't have anybody encouraging you to think that way. That's not your fault. Yeah, yeah. But God knows where you're at, and he holds you to the standard of which you're responsible for. But it's not your standard, and what you're responsible for is not your actions are not being a sinner. Right. You're responsible for your love of God, the love of who he is. And if you loved him, it would change what you do and what you say. Mm -hmm. All right. But ultimately, do I love things about this world because the design and the imprint of, like, the signature of God is on it? Mm -hmm. I mean, I told you I get up in the morning because that's the most beautiful time of the day. Mm Mm-hmm. And I go to the gym at five in the morning, totally different group than at five at night. Yeah, that's true. Six o'clock, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, rock. When I get home and I watch, turn on TV at eight o'clock in the morning, totally different programming than at eight o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. So there's a kingdom at night that gets what their itching ears wants. And then there's a kingdom of light that gets up early because that's God's design. And there's the children of light and the children of night. And which one are you, Eric? Start making those choices. Start getting up earlier so that you're too tired to do what you used to do because there's nothing there but death because the affections of your heart are being changed, but they're being changed for you. They're being changed in love. It's not, and you're going to continue to be a sinner if you don't do this, and you better do this, and here's six steps to do it. And it's like, well, now you're back to working in your own power, and you're back to all of the fear that if you don't. And then I hate what's wrong with my own life and I see it in my mother and in my father and in my children and in my wife and in my coworker and my brother in Christ. I see that and it hurts. Mm -hmm. Is that sin? Well, yeah, but I am not a sinner because that's a definition of identity. That is not my identity. So I'm a saint that continues with the flesh and the spirit to wage war over the sin that resides but no longer reigns in my body because it has the same desires that it's always had. Right. But that's where you get into the mortification of flesh. That's where you get into, I mean, the sacrifice discipline of God. Because then he turns around and he says, yes, unless you're willing to put yourself to death and bear your own cross, you can't be my learner. So that means I have to start putting those, what used to be things I didn't even think about, out of the Roman 6. I mean, when, when, when you were a sinner, you didn't have to worry about any of the saint stuff. Right. But now that you're a saint, okay, you need to worry about the sin. But no matter how you worry about the sin, the only reason you're worrying about the sin is because you're a saint. Right. So you can't be a sinner and a saint at the same time. I guess my other question is, are you saying that you can't be a night owl saint? 
I never said you can't be anything like that. No, I was just no, 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 negative. I, I definitely did not say that, Ghost Rider. Um, we need saints that work second and third shift all day long. I, I'm just I, and and I 24 hours uh, a day. However you want to do that, I but just, yes, I was just messing. Um, those are choices that the Holy Spirit has led me to because of the relationship, not because of religion. I mean, yeah. if I now if I was like, oh yes, you shouldn't do that. Well, then you shouldn't listen to me. You know what I mean? That's right. back to religion. And, and I, I'm, I'm sorry, man, if you're reading things, if you're reading your Bible, because of what you're going to go do tomorrow to show God how much you love him, you've got some growing up to do. Yeah. Well, I've, I, it's, it's funny that you talk about this. I was reading Second Kings the other day. I don't remember the chapter, but Elisha and his understudy, I can't remember what his name was, but one of the kings comes to him and he's, he has um, leprosy. And he comes to him and he says, there's a prophet that'll heal you. And if you go, you know, so he goes to, to be, yeah, he goes to be healed and he gets, he gets healed, but he wants to give Elijah something. And Elijah says, I don't want it. And he was like, you know, just take your, you know, take your stuff and go, you know, you're good. You know? And the, under, the, yeah, the servant basically was like, bro, he was going to, uh, hold on, I'll be right back. And he chases after him, gets mm-hmm. the stuff and comes back. And Elijah goes, congratulations, you got his leprosy and your whole family's going to have it too. Because you got the disease of what he came with. He got healed by the right relationship of God. Right. He could have dipped in the cleaner water where he came from. Right. So it wasn't the water and it wasn't the things. It was the heart of being obedient and listening to what you normally wouldn't choose to do. Right. To where the servant had the same trial as the king and he failed where the king succeeded. But do you know what leprosy is? I mean, in other words, like the, the actual I don't think so. process or progression of leprosy, it's a central nervous system disease that you lose feeling to where you'll rub your toes off of your foot, like off of your foot. What? You'll lose your limbs. You'll, you, you desensitize to the point that you don't have pain to warn you anymore. Yeah. I mean, I think that, that sounds terrible. So if you don't have the spiritual pain in your heart because you've been created for something else and you get so hard-hearted that you don't feel that pain anymore, it's the same spiritually leprosy as it would be physically. You don't even know that you're doing it to yourself anymore because you don't want to so bad. Wow. I didn't really, didn't really think about that. I mean, I know that I, it, for me personally, in my, own, in my own life, sin is something that I wish I was completely and totally separated from i do wish that i didn't sin at all i I mean and there are times where it's like the even the even there are some days that even the unknown sin like where i'm not even aware of it i i begin to struggle with that i'm like i wonder how many times i i sinned today i didn't even really think about it and i'll ask god and he'll be like you know there was this this moment right here i mean he brought it back to me in that conversation with my brother that i shared with you where i said said something. I mean, as soon as it left, you know, left my, left my lips, you know, I knew then, and I'm, I'm thankful for it, of course, but there are sometimes that things leave my mouth and I don't even think about them that I'm reminded of them later. And I'm like, man, I got to do a better job at that. <laughs> I've got to check myself on some of the things that I, that I say, but I also think that <clears throat> it works along with the, as we're going, we get better at doing it, but you kind of have to suck at it first before you get better at it and that's why i would like to encourage people to find to find a sparring partner that's the way i refer to eric over here is he's the guy can call and be like well you ever thought about this and let me take this position and it's kind of it's really encouraging to have somebody who like he's like you know i could just absolutely destroy that argument that you just made and i'm like 
oh sure go for it and then you do but and but the thing is i know you're always doing it from a place of love that it's for me it's not against me and I, that's kind of the that's I think that is it's crucial to have that in relationship in right relationship to have that person that you can bounce the presentation off. But then when you get into a conversation with someone who is lost, you're still going to screw up because you don't have the other person to kind of say, I wouldn't say it that way. <laughs> right there that you just said. And screw up is the wrong way to see it because you're back to performance and what you would want to have happen. Right. Um, so it's part of the process. Right. See, we did it again. No, 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 no. Grow, growing, growing in Christ requires community because it's communal. Right. All right. Paul, Barnabas, Timothy is another one of those designs inside of Scripture. Everyone needs a Paul, which is someone, like Mick says, is older than you inside the journey. It doesn't have to be older than you in age, um, but older than you in the journey, in the experience, in the fact that when he calls me and asks me questions like that, they're questions that I've thought about before. Like when he said, when I'm actually pondering on the unknown sin, and I say, God, I mean, I'm sorry for the things that I, I, I mean, <laughs> that I'm red-handed guilty and I can't do anything <laughs> with, much less when I look at your standard, there's absolutely nothing that I can do right unless it's in you. Right. And then you're like, he'll like, go read the end of John. And you'll, you, you've read it. But all of a sudden, the sword of the Spirit's there because of the time you spent inside of your scripture, and you go to the very end of John, and he, it says literally right here, before, the last cha- the last verse in John is twenty one twenty five. Now, there are also many other things that Jesus did. Were every one of them to be written down, I suppose the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. Which means, hmm. um, son, if you're worried about all the things that you don't even know you do, there's not enough books to be able to contain that in the world. <laughs> That's why Jesus did everything he did, because they're together. He did what he did because of what you do so that you don't have to worry about that anymore. And he gave you the spirit of fear. I gave you the spirit of power, Acts 1-8. I gave you the spirit of love. That's the whole story. It's about the love of God, and that should lead to self-control. Mm-hmm. But it's not going to be Superman self-control. It's going to be... Through your faithlessness, you learn my faithfulness, but you become more like me because the faithfulness comes out of getting to be more like me, not having to be more like me. And and it's it's the switch between religion and relationship. It's the switch between it's it's the it's the eye hole. I mean, it's the keyhole to the door. It it is love changes. Law makes you hide. Yeah. I mean, and that's true too. I think in going back to the cost of discipleship, what Bonhoeffer lays out is, and I guess what it, it works with this conversation in particular is because he's saying that because now of who y'all are, the apostles, you now get to do the works that I have done. You get to strive to be more like me. Now, it doesn't mean that you're going to do that perfectly. You're not going to do that they're not going to do that the way that the way that Jesus did perfectly because I mean we're not Jesus but we get to be like we get to be Christ like which means we're striving towards that we we try to do the things that that Jesus did and do them well and to the best of our ability but we have his completed work to rest on at the end of the day so tell me why you're doing the work so in other words we we do these things to be like Christ 
why in right like today inside of Mix Walk, this is where he is currently, but why do you do what you do? Why do you say what you say where you are in your growth right now? I would say that it is I'm I'm tr- I'm learning is what I should say because it's not fully realized. I think that's why I was asking about the the process of it because I'm learning that who I am determines what I do. So that's becoming that's becoming that's why I was saying that's becoming more real. It's like <clears throat> There are times where I'm like, I would, I want to go study instead of do X, Y, or Z. Now, I don't really think about why I want to go do that. I don't give that as much. I don't sit there and I don't sit in front of it and think about it. You know, it's just one of those things where I just go in and I start studying and I start trying to learn more to get closer, closer to God. So it's naturally manifesting out of me, but I don't like you asking me, I'm not going to give you a da 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 X, Y, Z reason why, because that's what I'm saying. It's the it's the process of that of realizing who I am manifests what I do. Like if that makes sense, I don't know. I'm okay, so everybody that's listening, and oh, good God. news is Mick's going to be able to do this. Here we go. Yeah, here we go. Mick's going to be able to do this. Well, he'll be able to do it before us because he doesn't even post them. He can listen to them. But here's the thing: <laughs> if if you want to right now, hit rewind thirty seconds twice and go back a minute and listen to what he said first before I asked him the question, but then when he answered the question, he says, but when you ask me, I don't know that I can give you a good answer while he's giving me a better answer because I asked him because <laughs> before that he had an answer that was totally different. I don't know. No, no. It's beautiful because it's real and it's organic and it does have to do with the process. But the bottom line is you can't even see or hear certain parts of the process until you change who you are in your starting point. Right. So, Ephesians 2, you were dead in your trespasses and sins, and you once walked following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air and the spirit that is working the sons of disobedient. Okay, mm-hmm. so when we look at other people's struggle, that, say, that struggle is still in our flesh. Mm-hmm. All right, but it says in 6, I know is where I'm going, but 5 says, even when you were dead in your trespasses, connecting up there to begin, okay. made us alive together in Christ— by grace you were saved and raised up with him and seated with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Okay. Done deal. Right. That's who you are. Mm-hmm. Didn't ask you any questions. Mm-hmm. Didn't ask for any performance. Mm-hmm. Says when he regenerated your heart, you were seated in the heavenlies. Right. So your starting point is no longer trying to get into the heavenlies. Because you're already there, is that what you're Your saying? starting point is not to be like Christ. You are like Christ. How do I line up? With, how do I integrate into that? How do I get pulled into that? How do I get led into that? I'm the she- sheep. He's the shepherd. Mm-hmm. And he said that once I realize that relationship, he's going to call me to be a shepherd of sheep. Mm-hmm. So he becomes my Paul. Mm-hmm. I need a Barnabas that's alongside of me. Mm-hmm. But eventually, I'm going to be somebody's Paul because mm-hmm. I need a Timothy. Right. All right. Inside that natural flow of relationship, none of that's available unless you come to terms with the fact that you are a saint, that you are regenerate, that you are starting from there. Because if not, you still have to work. If that's not solidified, in other words, if that's not the core, there's no other foundation but Jesus Christ. If that's not the core of the finished work of Christ, we'll say that and then we'll be like, you know, uh, maybe he'll come back today. You better watch out. It's like, wait, wait a minute. I mean, that's that outside of both the sides of our mouth. 
Right. No, the finished work means you can stop. You can stop being fearful. You can stop working for. Now, is that going to mean that you're not going to work the same way? You're going to work the same way, but with a different passion, a passion of fullness, a passion of thankfulness, a passion of completeness. I get to go read that book instead of playing that game. Mm -hmm. Not, I don't know why. No, I do know why. Now, I don't know why I picked the book and I don't know why I picked the Xbox, PlayStation, whatever it is nowadays to play. Mm -hmm. But when I find myself there, I have a conversation with them as I'm going. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't make the Xbox wrong. Mm-hmm. but it's going to weigh on me that it used to not weigh on me. I used to be able to sit there for like four days and, and lay out of work because there was a new game that came out. Yeah. All right. Now, after 30 minutes, I'm like, but I really do need to finish that book because of what I want to know, because mm-hmm. of who I am, because of, so you start to appreciate he's, he's there with you when you're playing the game. He's there with you when you're reading, he's there with you when you get in your car, he's there with you when you're at work, you get to work, things don't go your way. You get pulled into your flesh. It's 11 o'clock. You leave to go get a hamburger. Mm -hmm. Holy spirit reminds you, Hey man, where, where, where are you at right now? And you're like, you're right. Now you got two choices. You can be like, yeah, but that son of a gun, he said such and such. And, and, and the Holy Spirit will let you do it, and he'll listen, and he loves you. He cares. Right. But you're just going to get what you get. You're going to earn your situation, circumstances, the, 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 the fruit of that day. Right. Or while you're driving to get a hamburger, hey, man, where are you at? And you get used to, like I said, like getting older and the experience on the way, you more quickly turn back, and you're like, oh, thank you. I, I don't know why that that bothered me more than it should. I know that this job shouldn't have that much importance or right. that person shouldn't be able to steal my joy. And right. when I realize it, like in an instant, it's a, it, it goes away. Mm-hmm. And then I get to go back to work as a brand new creation, as a brand new whole new start. And we're going to, Hey, we're doing 12 to four thirty either way. Yeah. It could be miserable or it could be in right relationship. Mm-hmm. I started the morning. I failed. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean I'm a sinner, but it does mean I sinned. Mm-hmm. But the sin was just part of the relationship to show me how beautiful it is for him to call me back out of it to where I get to be something totally different just because of who he is in the afternoon. And that doesn't, I mean, that could be like literally going to the bathroom and realizing, how did this happen? And, and there's the whole, yeah, how, how, how did this happen? <laughs> and, and, and literally shake it off and be different when you turn around from the stall. That, that's available to us everywhere we go. And the more that you walk that way because of the finished work of Christ, it gives you a brand new start. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, I do. I think I, I think I see what you're, what you're saying. Like I said, I'm, I'm still, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not enough well-versed in it to be able to, to say either way, obviously. I it, mean, I'm, it doesn't take away the truth that, I'm in a fire and something falls on me that, I mean, weighs like, I don't know, it was the kitchen sink. I don't know what it was. Right. And I let out a few cuss words. Mm-hmm. We're talking about full-grown men in gear with flames flying around us and things falling on some of us. Mm-hmm. And when we get out, they're like, man, I heard you cuss. You ain't supposed to cuss. <laughs> right? Now, that's beautiful. I, to me, that's beautiful. Why? Because it keeps them from thinking I'm not real. Right. And it keeps me from thinking that I don't do it. Right. 
and then I'm honest each, uh, it, it leads me into being honest each day that, I mean, no matter how much I think I'm doing all right, the unknown sin outweighs the known sin. Right. But that's not what defines me. Right. Okay. I, I think I see what you're saying. But yeah. What does define me is the finished work, which right. makes me a saint. When I say I'm a child of God, I mean it. Mm-hmm. And to, to say that I'm a child of God, I can't be a child of God and a sinner. Can't, can't do it. It's it. They're they're two identity yeah, truth okay. claims. Yeah, I was just making sure because I think that that's probably the one thing that I'm that I'm like struggling. What with. you're struggling with is I'm a child of God that still sins. Yeah. All right. And, but the sin is the separation from the relationship that is eternally secure already. Right. All right. Now, the love of who has given me this should ought to lead to less and less intentional sin mm-hmm. i mean i agree with that but it's going to make you have wider eyes and see more sin because like when i first got saved cussing pretty much fell off of me mm-hmm. doing drugs pretty much fell off of me except for cigarettes yeah and what was the other one cussing i, I used to cuss a lot i mean i cussed a lot a lot and 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 and, <laughs> and, and, and like literally it just went away because most of it was for sarcasm and drama anyway but literally god like removed we'll just say it wasn't smoking this. I can't do that. Yeah. We'll just say watching, watching a two-minute sports, drugs, yeah. entertainment, profanity, and drugs, and, and profanity. Okay. And they and and like miraculously, I I had I did not have a thirst for drugs. Like miraculously, mm-hmm. I mean, I know that nicotine's a drug, and so is sugar, and all that. But yeah, like hardcore drugs, like drug drugs, gone. Like methamphetamine addict and then six months later working at a place that, as a chemical process operator making pharmaceutical narcotics and didn't want any of them um but those three fell off and there was like nine others yeah and then i you know i got to in relationship start looking at those nine and start to and then there was 27 <laughs> and then at the end of the day it's like eric i mean you just went because i at this time i worked at night so i always made fun of the daytime people yeah. And there was a convenience store that I would stop by and there was always like the daytime people would come in. They get so mad if you didn't just like get your stuff and get out of the way. <laughs> and it kind of like I am with the lottery people, you know what I'm saying? And and, and I, I don't ever say anything, but like I am with the lottery people on the inside. Right. But I, I would intentionally like the more upset they would be, I'd be like, so uh, I'm glad that you're really here doing this job. And, you know, without <laughs> you and 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 literally I'm being nice to the person. So I look good. But right. my intention was to make everybody mad behind me. And then God's like, um, you can't do that. <laughs> and I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> you're worried about this? <laughs> and, and I never would have been worried about this if I was still, you know, shooting up with dope. I, you know, you know, you're still shooting up with dope, but hey, you're out of everybody's way in the morning time. So, you know, that, that's, that's really good. No, I never would have seen that because I had my eyes on the bigger sins. But it's not like when you get rid of the things you do wrong, you're not going to find 10 more little things that you do wrong that you, couldn't, you didn't even have space to know about. Right. But now that you're not struggling with those, you're always going to be able to find the struggle of the flesh wanting things that the spirit says. No, as my ambassador, you're not allowed to do that. Right. And you're like. Man, I'm not allowed to do that. Now, you might have done that your whole life had you been struggling with these other things over here. Right. So, anyway, I, I, I don't even know if any of that makes sense to anyone else, but I know what I'm trying to say. Right. Well, I mean, I, I, I do think I understand what you're saying a little bit, a little bit better. Um, so, the, the next thing that I want to ask is, 
What are some of the encouragements of both ideologies and what are the warnings in both ideologies? So the warning in a sinner saved by grace means you're a saint. <laughs> I mean, that's encouraging. Um, so wait, the, say that again. The encouraging and the encouragement and warning mm-hmm. of a sinner saved by grace mm-hmm. is great. That's the invitation. Right. Now you're not one because now you're a saint that was a sinner. Okay. All right. But you're a saint, not a saint and a sinner at the same time. Okay. They're, they're, they're identification markers. Okay. Um, so the beauty of a sinner saved by a uh, sinner saved by grace means you understand the gospel. Okay. The presentation is, Hey, he saves sinners by grace. That's what I'm extending to you. And Hey, whatever you've done, I'm the chief of sinners, just like Paul. Right. But let me tell you about what he's shown. Cause I don't even think about what's wrong with me anymore. Cause it doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is his name and his glory and calling unto those that'll come. And I only have this much time. So here it is. There's the truth. I'll spend a few weeks. I need some men to raise up to start teaching this. And then I'm out. Yeah. Cause I, cause I want to make sure that everyone that I can, can hear this. Well, where do we get that? You get Jesus. Jesus is like, yes, I understand that they're here to be healed, but I have to get to the next town because I came to proclaim. I came to make it available. Right. All right. So the, the, the warning and the, encouragement of a saint that still sins is yes, you're a saint. So stop sinning. (laughs) Now you're never going to be able to do it. Right. But that's not an excuse that you get to. Hmm. And, and the, the, the whole key to it is when you start to realize it's a finished work, it's a fin, it, it is, it is finished. You are a saint and you receive that, that gift for real because I don't take compliments real well. Right. Much less, I don't know, the eternal gift of salvation. Right. But when I do, and then I understand the most respectful thing I can do when you give me a real compliment is to thank you for it. Right. Then I live out of thankfulness and contentment contentment out of the gift because I really believe it. I am a saint because of the finished work of Christ to make the Father known. Mm-hmm. Do I still struggle in sin? Yes. To begin with, man, I really need to do something about that. Six months later, you can't do anything about that, dummy. <laughs> right? I mean, it's six months later in that relationship, because of my faithlessness and his faithfulness, day right. after day, I slam into, no, I'm not going to, I'm going to pray and I'm going to hold on to him. And it's like, I don't know, eight, 11 in the morning. You're like, dang it, I did it again. And, and so after so many times of trying in your own power, you finally say, you know, I'm not holding on to him. He's holding on to me. I didn't, yeah. I didn't deserve this. He gave it to me by grace. If I'll hold on to his grace, I'll think of his grace. And all I got to do is turn with a thankful face to him. And, and that's what it's about. And then it starts to click over time that, yes, you still sin, but that doesn't matter. You want to know why? Because you have work to do. I mean, you're supposed to be engaging with others, not worrying about the things that we've already taken care of. Right. But what about, yeah, that too. And over there, yes. Hey, hey, hey. I'll never forget. I was pulling up at the Y in Athens and I pulled up and I was like, come on, God, give me that. Give me something to witness, somebody witness to. So like I, literally an audio book, whatever that was, had me fired up. I pulled up. I can remember putting the car in, in, in park and being like, that's right, Lord. I'm going to go in here. And I'm going to work out because I worked out with the older. I'm, 
just give me somebody I'm just I'm gonna share my heart with. Well, I remember getting in the car and being like, God, you kinda where were you at on that one? You really never opened up any doors. And I can remember the Holy Spirit being like, You out by sixty three people. <laughs> <laughs> there was sixty three opportunities. There that where was I on that one? Where were you on that one? Because what you meant was give me that beautiful door where this person says, do you know what I could hear from Jesus? <laughs> and me be able to say, why, yes, 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 I did. <laughs> and, 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 and instead realizing, hey, how about being normal? <laughs> and while you're being normal, get comfortable being normally mine. Right. And, and then good. one thing that I've always said inside of gyms, and be careful what you say, because people will remember and hold you to it, which is why you said it. But I'll never put a workout over ministry. Right. So if I get there and somebody is hurting or something, and the gym is one of the most insecure places on the planet. True. When people knew that about me, I had to change gyms. I mean, literally, I've changed gyms twice because I couldn't work out because every time I went there, I was going to minister the whole time I'm there. I know that sounds like really messed up and selfish, and you're trying to get people to come to church, and you're saying, well, I had to go somewhere else to work out. Yes, I was going there to work out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean. I, that was the goal. Because I got normal and they knew who I was and consistently they knew that I would love to hear about the things nobody else in this world cares about. And that became who I was in their life mm. to the point where I went to other gyms and then they would come to that gym. Yeah. I still was held to my word. I was still going to love on them. And as long as it's, you know, three or four or six, that's cool. When it's 36, it's a little different. How much is the other gym? <laughs> <laughs> But 20 years later, still going to the gym, mm -hmm. you can't go to a gym that you don't see people that have been going to the gym if they've all been doing it for 20 years. Right. And I still sporadically always get to share the gospel wherever I go because it gets to be who I am consistently. It's, it's a lifestyle. It's a worldview. It's, it's, it's a life. It's mm -hmm. alive. It's not something you do, and it's not somewhere you go. Um. Because if I go to another gym, guess what? I'm going to tell everybody at that gym, hey, man, I'll always put ministry before working out. And I will, well, but, I, but it, I can't do it everywhere. I'll never get to work out. Right. Well, I mean, it's it's going back to the premise that you laid out before. If, you know, you're seated now in the, the, heavens, the heavenlies, that that's your starting point. So, therefore, because you're seated there in that complete and finished work, then naturally even if you go somewhere with a different goal in mind because of who you are and where you are seated eternally, you're going to, you're going to do that. I mean, over, even if it means not getting what you sought out to do originally. Right. Would you say that the Gentile is a sinner that needed grace? Yeah. Sinner to be saved by grace. Yes. And the Jew mm -hmm. would have been the people of God. Mm-hmm. That sinned. Yeah. Okay. Ephesians 2. Okay. Says that for you to remember, you're, you used to be a Gentile mm -hmm. in the flesh. Right. Right. So now you're not Gentile in the flesh because it doesn't matter what you are in the flesh anymore because of this new relationship. That, right. That you don't have to track with that. Okay. It says, remember at that time you were separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise without hope and without God in the world. Mm-hmm. All right. What is the alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and the covenants of promise? What would be the difference? Say it again. All right. Remember that 
you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise. If you're alienated from the covenant... Commonwealth. Of the, if you're alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, then you are not born as the chosen people of God. Is that, would that be right? That's the one that I'm trying that I'm having the most stranger to the covenants of promise would be more where I would place that your salvation in I mean the covenant Well the of, only reason that I the only reason that I understand the other side more is because yes I was born a gentile so I was not a chosen people of God I was not born in, a Jew I was not born And the old covenant judged you and the new covenant correct. offered you Correct. Salvation and grace. So Correct. to me, the covenant of promises would be more about the salvation issue. So what is a commonwealth? I don't know. The covenant handles salvation. Commonwealth is, I don't have to go to church. I can see God back here when I hunt for deer. Okay, I'm, amen, you can. Yeah. But you don't have the commonwealth of those who struggle with God and struggle with others. So it's the community? It's a community of blind spots getting together with like minds, having larger events that can only be done by a group of living people. body right uh, community so at that time you didn't have a community of believers to where I, i'm not going to mention the individual because you know some people like him some people don't but he talks about the conscience of the community right and he talks about the birds when you watch them in a flock they'll all go left and they'll all go right and they'll all go down and then yeah. now if you pluck any one of those birds out by themselves they're there's not really one leading the group. It's not like one's in the front and they all come into a point where he's leading. Right. But if you were to take any one bird out, they probably, they are not going to fly the way that that, that whole flock does. Right. So the communal mind is together. They all just end up going left together because some of them go left and the rest of them, because they're in the flock go left. Mm -hmm. But then all it takes is some to the right to go right. And the whole flock will go right because they're being led by the communal body not by any one individual's choice. Okay. So the church is the same way. I mean, yes, you may have a preacher, but that preacher's just a bird in the flock. Right. And if somebody on the right-hand side pulls away, then that person that you may look up to should pull that same way too because they love that individual that went the opposite direction. And we all go together through our struggles and our hard points and our low points, because it's a communal mind mm -hmm. that you would never have. If I just plucked you out by yourself and put you in a deer stand, mm -hmm. your view of God, your request of God, your well, struggle with yeah. God, they're all going to be individual. Cause that's what you got. Well, there's no challenge. Yeah. Yeah. You got nobody sharpening you. You got nobody saying something that you don't agree with. Well, there's, I mean, there's, there, it's void of pretty much everything. There's no challenge. There's no agreement. There's no nothing because it's just you. Okay, so the commonwealth of Israel is that communal mind mm -hmm. that you have to enter through the covenant of promise mm -hmm. because of the covenant of the truth of separation. When Jesus comes in, in 17, I think it says, he came and he preached peace to those who were far off, and he came and preached peace to those who were near. Mm -hmm. So Jesus had one message. Right. Peace and love of God mm -hmm. available to the sinner that needs to be a saint. And those who And are... a saint that needs to understand that they're still separated. Right. All right. But ultimately, he brings them together and says this, so that you are no longer strangers and aliens, but now you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. So you are now a saint because of the message of peace that Jesus Christ accomplished to invite you into the kingdom as the commonwealth, the many saints. Okay. And 
the fulfillment of the covenants. Okay. Saints, members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus is Christ himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple of the Lord. Right. Verse 22, in him you also are being built into a dwelling place of God by the Holy Spirit. So, him being the cornerstone mm-hmm. of the apostles and the prophets, mm-hmm. the prophets are the Old Testament yeah. and the commonwealth of what that meant to Israel. Mm-hmm. The apostles are New Testament. The, the New Testament, New Covenant, mm-hmm. and the commonwealth of being in Christ. Mm-hmm. All one family, one citizenship, one sainthood. Right. All right. To where we're one body. Right. Which would be the, the, the consummation of all things. Right. And, and then you're a part of it because you're a microcosm as you go as an individual and Mick gets in his car to go to work. Mm-hmm. You are a temple, the communal mind of God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, the things that you've been reading and hearing as you're going down the road in a conversation with the Holy Spirit. Okay. So individually, we're sent into mission. Right. Corporately, we have a mind that's not our own, and we're led and we're taught how, how to be who we are when he lets us go off alone. Mm-hmm. But we always know that we're part of something larger. That's that communal mindset. And, and there's a lot uh, yeah. there. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I track what, what you're saying. That even in an individual, we're not an individual because we are a communal. And the center has to be an individual. R- right, right. Because that's a, that is a yourself. I mean. Cut off. I mean, yeah. to be a you're center. Se- well, you're separated. If you're not a part of the community, then you're separated, which makes you an isolated individual, even though there's multiple isolated individuals, they're still cut off from the community of God. So when Paul would go off or get locked up, Mm -hmm. he would say, I may not be there in body, but I'm there in spirit. Yes. So he was one spirit and he was still communal. Right. So even though you can lock me up in, in, you know, solitary confinement and the world would say, I can place you by yourself. I'm I'm still, I'm still the temple. I'm still a part of, well, I'm the, the spirit that unites all of us is still in me, so I'm still united with him in spirit. Maybe not in flesh, but in spirit. Because the life is the gospel, so I'm 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 still with every character that I've internalized out of the scripture. I'm still internalized with every one of my brothers and sisters at my local church. I'm still part of the universal church of all time. I mean Right, but I think just so someone doesn't use this as ammo in the opposite direction, though, if Paul wasn't in prison, he would be with the community of believers, though. If they were like, if they were gathering, that's where he would want to be. He would want to be with the community, with other people that are like him. But you know, with other believers, he wouldn't choose to go. No, I'm going off by myself to go. You know, be in a deer stand or whatever, whatever the example is. I mean, he's, he's in prison. So yes. And yes, to your, the point that you're making is the answer is yes. But I will also say that anyone that knows me as their pastor, I'll tell you real quick, I'd rather you go be the church than be at church. Yeah. Well, I'm, so yeah. as an individual, if he was to rather go to the synagogue by himself to try and pull a gathering out of those that were doing religion, you may see Paul be by himself to be the church. Um, right, you know, it's, so so yes, I. But what you were asking is a different question. Yeah, you, you're not going to see him gravitate to wanting to be all alone for a longer period of time than God has called him to be all alone. And the reason I 
case that is some of us are not extroverts and we are naturally wired and created by God to be an introvert. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't get to be introverted like you would if you were alone and a sinner. Right. You're going to be called into collective community. Right. But you're not going to go looking for it like an extrovert will because that's not who God has made you to be. Right. Um, and he's going to tell the extrovert that it's not about him and he needs yeah. to be an introvert more. So it, I, yes, as far as somebody that's going to take it the wrong direction, there's that, that's the ammunition to, to, to shoot back at them. But at the same time, my ammunition would be the nat- the natural relationship is God's going to call you out of what you naturally were before anyway. So, I mean, if you're an introvert, he's going to make you be an extrovert. If you're an extrovert, he's going to teach you how to be an introvert. Because yeah, if you're weird, yeah, well, with you for an extrovert, you were finding your glory and approval from others. Mm-hmm. So you got to stop doing that and you got to find the approval and the glory of God that's internal. So from yeah. the extrovert to the introvert. But now if you're an introvert, the first thing you're going to do by nature is introspectively apply it to you and understand who God is. And then he's going to say, yeah, and the only reason I told you is to get out there and go, son, go, 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 be an extrovert. And right. there's the, that's the diamond. That's the, the hourglass. That's the, you're being sucked out of what you used to be and into the other side of the tension to right. be used for the kingdom. Hmm. Interesting. So with the final question, this is one we usually do, but what can we take away from this conversation to not tear at the seams of the bride, but help encourage one another as we are going? I mean, so I've got an opinion. Okay. Um, And that opinion is the larger the story gets, the better you're going to realize you're not in control of it. Right. Um, We were in Ephesians 2, and I love that passage of Scripture, and I I could build all that out. But there's also where he says, hey, I've given you this mystery. And now that it's become true inside of who you are, and you are a co-laborer, you are a citizen, you're now a saint, he says that the church is the manifold wisdom of God to be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. Mm-hmm. So what you do is being used by the most high inside of the divine council to prove who he is and how he has affected you. Mm-hmm. So who you are when you're all alone is who you really are type thing. Mm-hmm. You're not ever alone because you can't be alone because now you're, you're inside the, the you're part of the collective. So the collective, the great cloud of witnesses is always watching. Mm-hmm. That changes. That changes a lot of things that you don't realize it changes until it changes them. You don't drive down the road by yourself. Right. You don't have a closet that you can go in and, do whatever it is that you like to do and act like God and the whole heavenly host aren't absolutely totally aware of it. Right. So then you have to start telling yourself the truth and meditate on it. Like you were saying before that, okay, if God knows everything (laughs) (laughs) and, um, that would make me a sinner. Yeah. But he has said, I am not. And for me to realize feelings lie, condemnation, guilt, shame are tools of the deception and lie. The truth is to realize, know your mind, live like it. Mm -hmm. All you got to do is return, repent and believe. Mm -hmm. And next thing you know, you've got a standard that is, my yoke is light. You have a standard that doesn't come with crushing weight of Mm -hmm. what you're not. Mm Mm-hmm. Because that's not your yoke. Right. 
So you start to live almost more of a stable expectation. My expectation when I'm around you should be no different than my expectation of myself when I'm not around anyone. Right. Because ultimately the cloud of witnesses is the authority and the eternal truth, not me or you. Mm-hmm. Now you go to church and they're like, don't you ruin your witness. If you do this and your brother doesn't like it, you're crushing your brother. Right. Okay. Well maybe I should be equally worried about all of those that have bled and died so that I have the ability to be where I am today and living in their memory and their honor mm-hmm. for the day that eternally is where we're headed. It becomes way more full orbed. And some people love it and some people hate it because I mean, when, when I think of that, it challenges me to know more. Mm-hmm. And then the more I know, the more I know, I don't know anything. Yeah, amen to that. Okay, but some people, when they start to see that, they start to be overwhelmed and they just shut down. And they're like, I can't do all that. I need to just do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you were saying, shooting on either side, it's not really start where you're at. Right. Understand there's a larger story. Right. Stop trying to live for man's approval because if you live for man's approval, you're not a servant of God. Mm-hmm. Galatians one ten. Right. Get into relationship instead of religion. Your relationship in the kingdom makes you a saint, and that's a truth claim of God. Right. Um, and then just be honest about the separation, and hopefully more and more growing into who you really are. Even when he says, I'm the least of all the saints. Well, he's still a saint. Right. I'm the chief sinner. Well, that was to the lost where he's saying, no, 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 I was the greatest of what you're struggling with. Right. But he still made me a saint. Right. And then let me tell you about what that. And anyway, that's, yeah, that's what you got. That, that is what I got. I, I mean, you know. I, I, <laughs> All right. Well, we thank you for joining us today on this episode of the podcast. We hope that you have taken away information that will help help you challenge what you believe for the benefit of growing in your walk with God. If you would like to support the ministry, you can join us on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash out. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at faithfleshedout. If you have any questions or comments or want to get involved, you can contact us at our email at faithfleshedout at gmail.com. That is faithfleshedout at gmail.com. Once again, thank you for joining us, and we love you all. Do me a favor. Say bye, Eric. Bye, Eric. We'll see you all.